You know what that theme means. Oh, yes, you do. You know what it means. It is time once again for the Deep Dive Podcast. None of that nonsense with the microcast or the mysteries of the deep or any of that other filler. I didn't say that. No, you didn't. Uh, that we do here, but a real episode where we try to find something or anything literally to watch on streaming media. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang's Chop Movie Magazine. And guess who's here with me? Dun, dun, dun. That's right. The Mandalorian. It's me. Hello, divers. Oh, man, I've missed saying that. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. You know, we're excited to have you back. <laughs> you know, it's been, what, two years since the pandemic, and we're still coming up with things to sell people. It's a pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We've carved out that little niche for ourselves, I think. But yes, I am so happy to be back in Studio D. Uh, alive yes in person yes recording indeed uh, so i think yeah. i speak for both of our listeners yeah. uh when i will ask where the hell have you been oh where haven't i been <laughs> well you know i i think the last time i had recorded a full episode we had talked about i'd taken an absence then too but you know had some medical stuff go on and then uh you know christmas came around and i cut my finger and needed some uh some medical attention then too oh and then i caught covid Despite being fully mm -hmm. vaxxed. Yeah. 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 And that was not fun. Took a, like a week and a half to kick that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been a weird, like last six, seven, eight months. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it, it's been a weird like decade. Yeah. Well, so far. <laughs> I honestly the 2020s. can't. 2020s. Yeah. You know, the thing now where people are saying that we are, uh, quote, elder millennials and they say, you know, people born in the 1900s. I mean, that just, I. God, we're so old. How did that happen? See, I'm just an elder. Well. Not an elder millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. Generation, but, uh, generation X, which wait, is. really? Yeah. No. I'm at the tail end of Gen X. I was going to say, you must be like right at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm certainly not a boomer. <laughs> I'm not that old. Thank no, you very much. no, no, no. But yeah, yeah so uh, whew, so much has happened and so many good things have come out, so many good TV shows, which we are oh, going to yeah. get into. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, first of all, we've, you know, and movies as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Spider Man No Way Home. Yes. I just bought that. Uh, the Batman. I did not see that. I have my reservations, but I've heard good things. It is very good. It's, it's a long movie, but. Michael Keaton, though. Michael Keaton, yes. And we will be seeing him again as Batman, which is great. I know. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Like, DC, come on. Way to ride, you know, ride the coattails of Marvel. And like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, but. but Honestly, that has been going on for Forever. decades yeah, yeah. down to the comics. That's true. You know, Marvel would have an event. DC would have an event that was similar. DC would have an event. Marvel would have an event that was similar. Yeah. You know, Marvel had Secret Wars. DC had Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it just kept going on and on and on yep. from there. But while DC has not had the greatest luck with their movies, no, I, I will say The Batman was a good one. Although... It's interesting because it would have been very easy to take Batman out of this movie and replace him with some other kind of detective character because this really is uh, a detective story much in the same vein as Zodiac oh. or Seven. 
Nice. Uh, so you could, you know, uh, I, I think it was a good approach to have a Batman film that was not necessarily tied to the, you know, billionaire Bruce Wayne saving. Yeah. yeah. And so much continuity that drags, that drags it down well, sure, yeah. time and time again. Oh, we have to have this villain. We have to have this and we have to show this. And we have to show the origin story yet again. And none of that. I mean, I think they had two choices. They could do that, which would have been like a whole new series. They would yeah. have had to commit to four or five movies to get through it. Or they could just say, hey, this is, you know, within that universe, but we're telling a different story. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is great. Which they are doing, by the way. Um, uh, I think HBO Max, they're going to have a um, uh, Gotham Knights Ooh. show, which is kind of like features sort of the, the CD underbelly of Gotham City's criminal element. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be a series, and I believe Colin Farrell's going to reprise his role as the Penguin. Ooh. So that should be very good. He was a good Penguin. I don't know if he was Danny DeVito level, but he was good. He was unrecognizable. The, yeah, fair, fair. Which uh, is a tribute to both the makeup artist and Colin Farrell, who did a great job. That's true. True, true, true. So very good. Uh, DC, you know, DC does much, tends to do much better in television. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, the, the CW shows, I think, have mostly been solid. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the unbelievably outrageous Peacemaker Oh, yeah. Show, which is just insane. Yeah. I've only. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it is a lot. <laughs> so but yeah. So, you know, there's uh, and there's some cool stuff on the on the way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've got Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, yes, which yes, I'm very yes. excited for. Yes. Uh, on the TV side for Marvel Moon Knight. Mm, starts yeah. very soon, mm -hmm. probably as we run this podcast. It's true. Yeah. So we'll have to talk about that if we watch Moon Knight. Yeah, I'm interested um, in I'm interested in that. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. So yeah, there's you know it's a it's a a weird time but a good time for entertainment because yeah. there's so much out there. True. Yeah. Um, you know both uh, both on broadcast and streaming and all that, which is you know why we're why we're here. Mm -hmm. But today, today we have a topic, mm -hmm. and you know at first it could seem like a very narrow topic, no pun intended, <laughs> but it kind of can go so many different ways. Sure. And what we're talking about is uh, people being trapped. Mm -hmm. Now, you could take that a couple of different ways. You could take that literally as someone is trapped in a location that they cannot escape from or sure. metaphorically. Ooh. They're, you know, like you're trapped in circumstance uh, you know, you're trapped by decisions that you've made, mm -hmm. things like that. But there's all kinds of traps. You get your fly traps, you get your bear traps, you get your thirst traps. I love those. <laughs> those are my favorite. Trapped in the closet. No thanks to R. Kelly. Uh, you know, so we've got all kinds of ways to be trapped. And we are going to talk about some of our favorite films where people are trapped. Trapped. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Well, I'll go first. Very good, then. I feel like I haven't done this in a while. I've got to get my, my practice in. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with Trapped, I, I think my immediate reaction was like, all right, there's got to be some sort of weird horror element to this. You know, there's got to be something like uh, Trapped beyond uh, impossible recognition. Can't get out. There are circumstances beyond your control. So immediately I thought horror room or horror, I should mm -hmm. say. Um, so in the cases of my two picks here, we are going to be looking at sort of newer ish movies. Um, in the first case, a couple years old, um, but they are definitely both horror movies. Um, just because I happened to see them recently during my, uh, trapped stasis at home yes we've all felt a little trapped <laughs> that uh yeah they, they seem to fit so my first one is um from 2020 oh 
2020. Mm, the good old days. The, well, yeah, no, not pre-March, really. so like January was okay, yeah, but yeah, like but then even it just then, all yeah, went to crap. But it seems like forever ago. Mm-hmm. But no, 2020 is called The Owners, and it stars Maisie Williams, who you may know from Game of Thrones as Arya Stark, mm-hmm. and the most outrageously awesome guy, Sylvester McCoy, who is, of course, Doctor, Doctor who. who, and in The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. He is a brown wizard. A doctor, a nice big house like this. There is a ton of cash. We wait till they get back. They give us what we want. I'm gonna get out of here, Nathan. I'm doing this for you, me, the baby. This won't get you anywhere but prison. Nathan, don't do this. Give me the combination. Richard, no. We have to get into the hospital. The hospital is 30 miles away. I seriously doubt you could survive the journey. (laughs) Oh, goodness. You don't look at all well. Please sit here and wait for the ambulance to arrive. We have, you know, sort of a picturesque country estate in England, rural green hills everywhere, you know, large mansion type. Um, And it kind of, you know, it starts off with these group of young men who are just, they're not, they're not so well off, right? Um, In films like this, I think the directors make a distinct choice um, with, uh, accents and especially in films that star British actors because mm. there, there's a distinct way to um, denote um, poverty um, lack of education with the accent right and I'm not saying that it's true but that's how they do it in this film yeah. as well so they've got like a rough inner London sort of uh, accent and they come upon this these uh, these two older people this older couple who live in a mansion and they decide that because the, the, the older man is a doctor and he has been for decades he must have a ton of money and he must have it stored somewhere safely in his house because they, you know, they don't see him at the bank. So they decide, well, we're going to take advantage and we're going to steal that money because for whatever reason, they feel entitled to it. (laughs) And again, it's playing off the idea that like um, young inner city poverty stricken people. Um, So it starts off with the young boys, there's three of them. Um, And uh, there's Gaz, Nathan and Terry um gaz and nathan kind of go along with terry he's the ringleader um they go through the house and they don't find anything and uh you know they kind of think all right well we gave it a try we were freaked out the whole time and let's just go and of course gaz and nathan are like let's we're done right terry's like no 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 we want that money all of a sudden terry's girlfriend who is Maisie williams comes up and apparently she knew where to find these people (laughs) because she wanted to come and retrieve their vehicle for her own personal use and so she gets roped into going in with them and then of course they make the failed mistake of going back in um and from there and because it is a newer movie i don't want to give away too many uh plot points here but they they come up against three sets of enemies or or three sets of complication the first one is um the older man sylvester mccoy mr huggins <laughs> richard huggins mm. who is a doctor he is for sure um but he is a creepy guy and he he's not necessarily a nice guy then there's his wife who's just she's characteristically bizarre and seems to follow in step with everything her husband does and then of course there's the house the house is a maze right and so they're trying to find where this safe could possibly be with no directions no map no blueprints nothing like that so you know you just you suspend belief at some point that they know how this movie is going to end right well um 
the safe or the money or the vault, as it were, is always recurring in conversation. And that ends up being quite a large factor because there is a vault definitely in this house. And Mr. or Dr. Huggins and Mrs. Huggins, they, they, they're they they're not so friendly people and they do put stuff in that vault, but it's not green and Ooh. it's not cash. <laughs> so um, by the end of it, um, I can roughly say that almost nobody survives. <laughs> Spoiler, but almost mm-hmm. nobody survives. But it is a trapped in a cycle film because it, at the end, it's one of those things where the viewers watching this happen again. They're screaming internally and they can't say anything because no one's going to believe them, right. sort of thing. Yeah. So on comes another innocent person looking for the people who are just currently in um, that home, and yeah, it's it's got a re- really weird Carrie vibe too, because you know at the oh. end of Carrie, yeah, like the grave, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so Ooh. bizarre. It's kind of like that, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would say the idea here is that they're trapped in the home. They're trapped by the circumstances of being poor and wanting money. Um, people having more money than them and then wanting to get it. Um, and they're trapped by by the perpetual cycle of Doctor Huggins. <laughs> being a doctor and doing doctory things, but in a very not good way and being very creepy about it. And cause he's been doing it for years and somehow he's in, he's hidden it for years. So if that gets your, um, excitement levels up, I certainly recommend that you watch it. I found it on Hulu randomly a few days ago. Um, it's definitely on Hulu on Hoopla. Hoopla is a cool app. They've got a lot of uh, newer stuff on there as well, oh. which is nice because they do have to sort of compete in the level um, of like Netflix and Hulu and other streaming platforms. Um, the Peacock app now. Yeah. Is pretty, yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, CBS went to Paramount. Yep, so Paramount they've got their, app, yeah, they've mm-hmm. got their own app now as well. But, uh, if you're looking to watch it for free or stream it, you could do then, um, you could rent it on Amazon or Google play for two ninety nine or buy it for four ninety nine. So right now it being on sale is probably a good idea just to, just to pick it up for five bucks. Um, I think you will really enjoy it now to the scores. <laughs> It did not score highly, as you might imagine, despite having a pretty decent cast. You know, Sylvester McCoy is not a, a you know, a newbie. <laughs> he's a veteran actor and he's been in a lot of amazing things. And I think he's instantly recognizable. But uh, IMDb gives it a 4.9. So it didn't even score half on their rating scale. Metacritic gives it a 54%. So again, not good. What I think is hilarious, though, is that Rotten Tomatoes right? Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 63%, right? You'd say, okay, not certified fresh, but not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) But the audience score gave it a 32. So it's hilarious to me that the audience hates it more than Rotten Tomatoes does. That is very weird. It's bizarre, right? Um, But I think you should definitely check it out. Um, It's just enough creep factor. It's not a Halloween movie by any any, uh, stretch of the imagination. It's it's definitely more suspense than it is thriller, but certainly worth a watch, I think. And it's free. Hmm. Right now on Hulu, so you can't beat that. You can't beat it's that. It's free, and you've watched everything else, so uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I've never heard of that movie, so that's very interesting. Yeah, that's it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's good. The owners now, of course, the owners are um, Sylvester McCoy and his wife. Um, she, yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff too. She, she's instantly recognizable if you if you've watched a lot of um, period drama films. Uh, I can't remember yeah. her name off the top of my head, but um yeah as soon as i saw that it was uh doctor who i was like oh this is gonna be great and he's gonna be like this you know lovable old quirky guy no he is almost unrecognizable as this doctor wow yeah it's that's bizarre. cool though i like that it's amazing and it's a testament to him yeah right? because absolutely. he can turn around and play these differently various um roles and people each time fall into the like oh yep that's him that's him 
Yeah. And you got to wonder, I mean, I, I don't know off the top of my head if this is true, but you know, especially when it comes to portraying an iconic character like Doctor Who, mm-hmm. you know, it is so easy for you to get typecast. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, no, he's too recognizable as Doctor Who. I don't want to hire him. You, you know, know, I think uh, Sylvester McCoy um, and probably what, David Tennant mm. are one of the sort of few doctors that escaped that that realm of being typecast. Yeah, I think Matt Smith, too. Oh, yeah. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fair. actually going to be I think he's the villain in the upcoming Morbius. Oh, movie. yeah. And I. I mean, pause for a second, but I really hope they do that justice because Morbius is one of my favorite, favorite Marvel characters. Early reviews are not good. I know. Jared Leto, why? (laughs) But, you know, I might see it anyway. (sighs) Yeah, I might just wait till it's streaming. But (laughs) Uh, yeah, me too. I'm not going to pay up front. Yeah, but that's my first choice. And it is um, uh, definitely worth a watch, I think, ladies and gentlemen. Very nice. Thank you. I like it. I have not heard of this. Yeah, I love to stump you. I consider me stumped. So there you go. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> okay, so to my first pick. Ooh. As I said previously, there's different ways to consider the concept of being trapped. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's literal where you're trapped in a, you know, and you're not allowed or incapable of getting out. And there's the kind of, you know, there's a more internal. Uh, you know, trapped in your mind, you know, unable to unable to break free of certain, maybe, you know. Philosophical, this, maybe. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. But what I've got for my first pick is just out there when it comes to the whole concept. <laughs> um, what I've got is a truly sick little slice of cinema. Ooh. So think about this. I will pose a question. Mm. What would happen... If you kept a person hidden away from the outside world, from birth, you kept them in a crib, wearing diapers, never allowing them to learn to read or speak or even walk. What if they were treated from the day they were born into adulthood as a baby? I mean, I suppose they would just be a baby, wouldn't they? Yes. And that is the premise of my first pick. 1973's The Baby. Toyland to escape the terror that rocked Baby's Cradle. I notice you call him Baby. And the case history doesn't show any other name. What is his real name? Just Baby. Through Baby, life was not a giant playpen. It was a living hell. He wasn't allowed to walk, he wasn't allowed to talk, but he was capable of it. Baby is a full-grown man trapped by three women with no way out. I just wanted to face you one more time to tell you that you're sick. You're the one who needs help, not Baby. That's just so much horse. You want him for yourself. Well, agency or no agency, you ain't gonna get him. Because Baby belongs to us. No, to me. He belongs to himself. He's not the subhuman thing you've made him. No, what's going to happen to my baby? What's going to happen to him? The Baby, a Scotia International release. Starring Anjanette Comer, Ruth Roman, Mariana Hill, Suzanne Zenor, and David Manzi as Baby. Rated PG. How is that rated PG? Yeah, that is that was one of my first questions. I was terrified just listening to that. Yeah, this... Uh, 
this would never ever well first of all this movie would never get made today (laughs) second of all it would be rated whatever like nc-17 or whatever the highest thing would be yeah and not because of any nudity or gore or anything like that because but because this is just sick the level of like you know dehumanization that someone must allow this person to go through because i mean i think the question here is is that person really a baby well i mean Mentally, they are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but physically, no, full grown, uh, full grown adult. So, here's what's going on. Now, it, it is hard to pin down what this film is trying to say if it's trying to say anything at all. Right. Um, it is. I feel like it's an ex, just an, an an exploitation movie, but hmm. it could be thought of as a social commentary or or a, a a dark comedy. But it's it's played completely straight. Hmm. In other words, there's no. You know, it's not played to be, you know, satirical or anything like that. So it is, wall. yeah, it is completely done in a very straightforward way. Now, as far as you know, what happens in the film? So, Baby is a twenty-one-year-old man who's been literally infantilized and dominated by his mother and two sisters. Uh, the mother is this kind of crazy, sort of dominatrix type person and the sisters each in their own way kind of take turns really torturing baby with like cattle prods and whips and wow. things like that they won't let you know they won't let him talk won't let him walk you know won't let him learn and that's the way it's always been for baby baby doesn't even have a name wow it's just called baby and they are also of course very protective of their dirty little secret sure you know, they don't want anybody interfering uh, with their little twisted family dynamic. Where's the father? Oh, that's never, don't know anything about that. They never really go into that as far as I could tell in the movie. They just like gloss over it. Hmm. Um, now, uh, we bring in this social worker who, uh, you know, seems very compassionate and and finds out what's going on and wants to get baby out of that situation um, but of course, you know, uh, the, the crazy mom and the sisters have other plans. Ew. Um, and we, you know, we discover through the course of this movie that, you know, even the social worker may have ulterior motives in taking baby out of the house, wow. like other weirder motives. So everybody's got their own plans for baby, but what puts this movie over the top in terms of being stomach churning is the fact that not only do they treat baby as uh, an infant, you know, Mm -hmm. they also kind of what feed him like a baby. They feed him like a baby, but they also see, you got to realize this is a full grown adult male. Oh yeah. And there's another, there's other stuff going on. Sure. That is very gross and awful. Is it like Stephen King's Sleepwalkers level? Uh, yeah, kind of. Gross. Yeah, but they they take advantage of this full-grown man who is an infant and, mm. and mentally an infant. Uh, and it's like, you know, you think they're not going to go there. They go there. And it's like, oh, it's so like oogie and gross. That's cringe factor. It It is. It is. Now, of course... If, you know, if you can tolerate this kind of thing when right. you watch a movie, 
it's actually, I mean, it's played, like I said, it's played completely straight. The performances are, I mean, great. The, the, the man who plays Baby, like, it's not played for laughs. You, I mean, you really feel for this poor person. Kind of devastating, actually. Yeah, and what they do to him. Like, Ooh. you know, there's just the, the, the abuse and the, ugh. And, you know, there's no blood. There's really no gore or anything like that. But there are just things that you see in this film that are just so, like, emotionally challenging Ooh. and offensive. Like right. I said, you cannot make this today. I mean, I don't think you could. I mean, but it's, it's just, 70s. it's a difficult film to get through. But, and, but, but then again, that raises the question in my mind is, okay, who is this movie for? And how did it get made in the first place? And, you know, the, 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 the director of this film is a guy named Ted Post. Um, and he, you know, he was a, a, you know, real Hollywood director. He did uh, two of, of uh, Clint Eastwood's best films, Hang 'em High and Magnum Force. Mm. And so how he got <laughs> talked into making this, I'll never know. But he did a really good job at it. Right. Because, you know, in order for a film to like, you know, and, and it, it, I guess it depends on your sensibilities. I, I, I'm sure that there are people who would watch this and just laugh at it because it's so insane. Right. But it's not played that way. Right. So it, it, it's... It's a little uncomfortable. Mark of a good director then. It is. It really is. Yeah. Sure. This is an exploitation movie. Mm -hmm. Sure. It was probably shown in drive-in theaters, you know, in the seventies. Cause this is 1973. This is, you know, Vietnam still happening or no. Yeah. It's still happening. Okay. It's still going on. So, you know, we're in the, the country's still in the middle of some crazy stuff going on. And this is the time when movies started to get really experimental and push the, and push the envelope. Um, but even then, I don't know how this got a PG. Wow. I mean, when did the rating systems as we know it really take place? Probably what? Like 90- late, late sixties, late sixties. Okay. Late sixties is when the rating system started. It got shuffled around a little bit. Right. But, but I mean, one would have assumed. Yeah. Oh. And this was also before the X rating, which, uh, you know, which became notorious for being used for pornography. Right, of course. But this yeah. was before that stigma happened. Right. So when the rating system first came out, the X rating was just for films that were too harsh for an R. It didn't mean, you know, porn like it did later on. And then, and then they changed it to NC-17, which still was dumb. Right. But in any event, yeah. It, and it's not, you know, it's not ex- explicit. It's not, you know... It, they don't show anything that would be, but, but just, just the, the overall feel of the film is just like, ugh. it's like a whole new level of flowers in the attic. Yeah, but definitely like a, like a weird, weird one where instead of being neglected and like not talked to, yeah. they just constantly reinforce in this fact that he is a baby. Oh yeah. And there's terrible. no, there's no subtlety. It's all just right there, right in front of your face. Uh, no, you know, they're not trying to, you know, make an allegory or they're not, you know, not being subtle about it at all. It's just right there. As if it's just normalcy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But if you think that this might be your, uh, bottle of milk, uh, (laughs) and they do feed them with a bottle. It's very weird. Um, it is available on most streaming platforms, including Tubi and YouTube. You can watch it for free. Uh, for a rating, I didn't, it did see a Rotten Tomatoes rating, but the Internet Movie Database gives it a 6.1 out of 10. Surprising. Yeah. I mean, it is a well-made movie. Um, okay. and it is considered these days to be a cult film. Oh, yeah. Uh, but 
you know, you, you do have to have sort of the stomach for it. Right. I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show is a cult film, but I'm not about to go and create a human. Based. Yes. No, no. It's, it's, it's disturbing to say the least. <sighs> I know. But yeah. on a lighter note, <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that we, you know, since the last time uh, so we did we did the show together, um, there have been uh, some interesting kinds of things going on in the world of Star Wars. There's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. First of all, we had Book of Boba Fett. Oh, man. I thought, okay, I know that there's spoilers, and I hope that everybody who listens to us, all three people, have mm. watched it, right? So it's not a major spoiler. But, uh, I mean, come on. That fight at the end between Mando and, and Boba fighting off everybody? Yeah. Just kind of flying on their jetpacks and coming in like some weird old Western. It was all old Western. Yeah. And it yeah. was, And Cad Bane was so cool. I know. I don't think he's dead. No, I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. Cause, yeah. But anyway, so be such a waste. cool. And like the voice acting was really good. Oh, yeah. And, and the prosthetics were amazing. And oh, geez. And I know that I think there was confusion at the very beginning. Um, and of course, I fell into it myself. That this was going to be its own thing, right? But I think now we realize that it was literally a chapter in the story of the Mandalorian. Yeah, you know yeah, that's what it that's what it became, and it got yeah. some criticism for that. It really did. It really um, did. I mean, people saying that you know Pedro Pascal had to come in and quote save the series, and it really truly wasn't like at least I didn't no, see, I it, didn't that see way. it that way either. You know, um, I I thought. Uh, it, I thought that it was a great um, and filler is the wrong word, but it was a great um, hangover to explore these things yeah. that needed tidying up. Yeah, yeah, you it know was a I good mean? bridge. I think it really was, and you know we got we got some sneak peeks into to Boba Fett's life, and we got to look, know him as a character beyond a clone, right? And we got to know him as beyond a character yeah. who's mourning his dad, which I think has been what he's been presented as prior to John Favreau yeah. taking this over. Yeah. Um, but it was fantastic. And, it was oh, yeah, and we got to see we got to see little Grogu again. Yeah, we got to see oh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka, I love and Ahsoka. of course Worm Skywalker. Uh, we got to see. I mean, I can I just say how thankful I am to John Favreau and Dave yeah. Filoni for like oh, yeah. bringing this Luke to us. Yeah, because I just I I mean I got to tell you I was quite emotional. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. It's like we knew that this character was there. We always just had to like foresee it in our mind. We had to know it and believe it. But now he's bringing that, they're bringing that to us. And we're like, damn, Luke is so cool. Yeah. Even though we knew he was. Yeah. And this is the reason why. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I think it's part of a um, kind of a, 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 a trend that I'm seeing where, you know, 10 years ago, you would have said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they did a Star Wars show yes. and Luke showed up and they had somebody play Luke and then, you know, all that. Yep. And then everybody's response to that would be, well, that never happened. Right. That could never, ever happen. No. But now we're seeing stuff like this happening. We're seeing what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yep. where, yep. again, people would say, oh, you couldn't, you couldn't do that. Yep. You could never have, you know. One, two, three, spoiler alert, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from other movies. And I'm like, what? You, yeah. That would never happen. But it happened. Right. There's no way you could bring that to the screen. But uh, in fact, they are. Yeah. And I think it just ultimately proves that this is a uh, for everyone, for every generation type of thing. 
Um, I can't understand how, um, you know, sort of people would think that Star Wars would be, exist and then it would exist as itself the way it was preserved in a time capsule. I mean, that's basically the whole premise of the movie. Yeah. Right? That's not what we do. <laughs> but yeah, it's so good. And then we've got news about um, uh, The Mandalorian Season 3 um, mm-hmm. and we've got some new updates about Ahsoka. Oh man, I cannot wait to see that show. Oh yeah, that's going to be Rosario awesome. Darce, she has brought Ahsoka to me in, in, in a way that I didn't think was possible. Yeah. To bring her from a strictly cartoon or, you know, animated character to life i mean dave filoni must be over the moon with his choice because she is amazing she is yeah and i think the biggest thing on everyone's mind right now is obi-wan oh yeah oh, oh. and you saw the trailer i mean yeah once again something ooh, that 10 years ago you never, never happened you're never gonna get anyone no. regular back you're never gonna get these people you're never gonna get yeah. Hayden christensen back exactly that's never oh. gonna happen well now it's happening it's happening and i think it's thanks to people who just didn't want to let this go yeah I mean, John Favreau is probably like the biggest nerd in the world. Yeah. Thank oh, yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Thank and it's you. and it's become uh, it's gone from we can't to why not? Why not? What's actually stopping us? Yeah. I mean, the facial recognition software, you could just see it getting ba- better and better and better, better. And then all the deep fake stuff getting better and better. I mean, to the point where in the book of Boba Fett, I it was seamless. In my opinion, it, Luke was, it was really good. Seamless. And I think they actually hired the guy that redid it. So they had in the, the Mandalorian, the, the last episode of the last season we had, we saw Luke. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people were like, mm, that's not so great. And then somebody on YouTube did his own version of it yep, yep. and posted it. And I believe they hired. I think, I think if at the very least, I think he was a consult. I think I remember um, yeah. hearing that as well, that, but that's crazy. But that's amazing. Right. And to take like the, the fans, oh, it's just, I think it's a love letter to the fans. I really do. But, uh, in terms of the Obi-Wan trailer, I mean, we are talking now sort of like you said, 10 to maybe like 10, 11 years Post when Anakin is like full on dark side. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, you know, my best friend, Anakin, I have the higher ground. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, no one really kind of discussed, well, what happens to Obi-Wan at that point? Like, how does he even reconcile with the fact that, like, Anakin is now Darth Vader? He was his Padawan, right? Like, yeah. all this stuff is happening. And so we got a trailer. Oh, and and the Peacekeeper and just there's so much going on. But oh, I, was, yeah. I was definitely emotional during that trailer. And I am so pumped for it. Yeah, because, you know, it's interesting. We're going to get to see a truly broken Obi-Wan. Which is weird. He failed so hard. Which is know? almost like you don't want to say that out loud. Yeah, but he did. But he messed up big time. Yeah. And to see, you know, the consequences of that is going to be pretty interesting. And I, one thing I hope that they, they, they clue us in on is because it's been like a decade uh, how he's getting his information. Does he know what's been going on? Right. Is he still Has a Jedi? Been, is he? Well, yeah. I mean, technically, yes, but. Uh, right. But Ahsoka's you know. kind of technically a Jedi. Yeah. Even though she quit. Even though she quit. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things where how much does Obi-Wan know at the beginning of this? Yeah. Uh, what his protege has been up to? Yeah. And how is that going to factor in? Are they going to have a face to face at some point? Right. Um, because there's it's very tricky because, once again, it's mentioned in Star Wars. Yep. You know, when last we met, you know, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master. Yep. And, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that they haven't seen each other mm-hmm. in that space of time? Or, you know, it's going to be going to be interesting to see how they tiptoe around that if they do. I kind of hope that they give us a definitive answer about Satine, uh, Emperor Satine and, and Obi-Wan, which I, I, I mean, I guess I... They probably won't, not for definite for sure. Yeah. But there has to be a tie and there has to be some sort of weird symbolism that they broach between Obi-Wan and her and then Padme and Anakin. Yeah. Right? Because, of course, that's just 
Obi-Wan wanted that. Maybe let's say he wanted that, but couldn't have it. And then he watched Anakin have it play out. And then he turned to the dark side and yeah. Yeah. But and yeah. then and then there's the fact that, you know, Obi-Wan has pledged himself to watch over yep. Luke. Yep. Uh, and I guess he feels like that's his penance I for mean, failure. Yeah. Old Obi-Wan always made me feel like, you know, he had this burden and he wasn't just going to let it go. Like, oh, yeah. No. But Ewan McGregor is a different type of Obi-Wan, I think. He brings like a weird, almost, youngish is the wrong way to put it. I think he brings a different, like, feeling and connection to the audience. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious to see like first of all what he actually looks like. I know that the trailer showed us some stuff, but uh, there's yeah. gonna be some throwback to the older dude who I can't remember the name of. Oh, Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, because he's halfway between yeah, you know the the Jedi we knew and the Obi Wan or the Ben Kenobi that we see in Star Wars. So you know that 20 years of desert living and yep. all that has to have taken a tremendous toll on him. Yeah. Uh, I wonder so, who they're going to get to play young Luke, if we'll even see a young Luke. Yes, we. Uh, yeah, he's been in one of the trailers. Okay. And even I saw uh, Mark Hamill um, on Twitter sort of congratulating him. <laughs> oh, Mark Hamill's the best. And saying, you know, hey, you know, go for it. You're going to be great. Uh, you know, happy to, you know, hand the, hand the torch and all that. So it was really nice. That's weird that. almost because there's no one who is Luke other than Mark Hamill. Yeah. And they've proved that with the deep fake and all that stuff. So now to say like there's going to be someone else portraying him, it's like, oh, that's like when Solo came out and everyone was like, oh, this dude is going to play Harrison Ford. We were like, okay, I, I mean, I, I guess mm. you kind of can't replace him, but I mean, okay, sure. Yeah. But nobody plays Luke like Mark Hamill. So exactly. Yeah. But here's the thing. I know hopefully they'll, they, hopefully the, the actor they got will, uh, not be as annoying as young uh, Anakin I mean, was in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jake Lloyd. I I, I don't mean that to, poor kid. Though. I don't mean to crap on you. You've had it rough. He has had it rough, and we want to thank you for your service. Yes, because all that was George Lucas's mistake, not yours. Yeah, thank God he's holding to Disney, and everyone was all upset. But you know, I know. Whatever. But it, now we've got more Star Wars, and we know what to do with. <laughs> uh, we've got Galaxy's Edge and Disney. And, I mean, and the Halcyon. And, yeah, the hotel that I'll never get to go to because I can't way afford it. Too expensive. Um, I've seen some of the packages, and we're talking mm -hmm. in the like several thousand oh, yeah, dollars a night. A night. Yeah. So. So we could put money together. We just can't take any of our family. I'm okay with that. None of my family would want to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, so the Galaxy's Edge, I mean, I, man, you got to build a lightsaber though. I did, which was awesome. Uh, I, I just want the experience because I, I got to be honest with you, I feel like you can buy like, you know, more accurate screen, screen accurate quality ones. But I mean, I want the experience of building my yes, own and that lightsaber. was so much fun. What what color crystal did you get again? Purple. Oh, you mean Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Because Sam Jackson can't be the only one to have it? Yes. Fair Plus enough. what it represents. It represents the balance between the light and the dark. Fair. Like halfway between. Purpley. Yeah, purpley. Got it. Yeah, they didn't have sparkle. They, did. <laughs> they didn't have a funfetti one. They did Which I would have gotten a funfetti one. but you know. Do they have yellow? Yes. Okay. I, they I, do have yellow. I don't know if I would choose yellow. I mean, Leia's was yellow, wasn't it? I believe it was. Yeah. And Ray, I think. And Ray as well afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Or I, I, I'm not positive, but I think white also. Oh, yeah. Like Ahsoka's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just badass. Yeah. Um, this was supposed to be what we were calling a Star Wars minute. Um, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. But um, we're I think we're going to try and do these, um, you know, at least while Obi-Wan's coming on uh, in sort of every week, try and give you a little breakdown of what's going on. Because as you can tell, probably 
uh, it's near and dear to our hearts. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I like Star Wars a little bit. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Just a little bit. Anyways, that, that concludes our little Star Wars minute. And I'm sure that we'll have a little, a little, whatever we can. A little something, something. Yeah, we, we will not copyright infringe on. Um. <laughs> At least not more than five seconds. Not more than five seconds. Oh yeah, because it's limit, right? Five seconds. Um, I don't know if that's an actual law or not. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend that it is. We're gonna go with it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's get to my second pick then. Yeah. Back to the topic of the show, which is trapped. Now, of course, we've we've talked about being trapped physically. Mentally, spiritually, psycho- psychologically, as in your last creepy pick. Um, <laughs> now, mine, of course, is another, uh, like I said before in the beginning of the show, a newish movie. Um, it is called Vivarium. 2019 stars Jesse Eisenberg, who you may know from The Social Network. Yes. And Imogen Poots, who um, actually was in 28 Weeks Later. Welcome to Yonder, a wonderful development. It has all you'd need and all you'd want. Number nine. Number nine is not a starter home. This house is forever. Play for a boy. Do you have children? No. It's not exactly what we're looking for. That guy was so strange. Yeah. Wait. No, no, I don't think this is the right way. Yeah, this is the way we came in. Number nine again. Did we just do some kind of loop? How have we just... Want me to drive? Such a jerk. Because I think this is not possible. We can't make turns like this over and over. We have gone this way, Tom. Oh, my God. I think that we can say um, that the struggle right now for most millennials is how to buy a house. <laughs> so here we are. The movie opens up with um, a rather gruesome scene, actually, um, it, in terms of like the animal kingdom. And we'll, sorry, we'll get to that. But essentially, it, um, what you need to know is that there are animals who will uh, live this quote parasitic lifestyle right which means that they will usually offer their young to be raised by another species um, in order to get the most procreation they can and or whatever symbiosis is going on there Um, but in this case a young couple um, Jesse and Imogen here they are looking for a house they're going to take that next step in their millennial adult checklist which is to buy a house so they go and find this real estate guy and um he's creepy he's bizarre he's like super uh, almost like mimetronic and robotic and Hmm. kind of repeats everything and sort of mimics the way that they're speaking in terms of their tone their intonation their their patterns their phrasing etc etc but you know what whatever he's a real estate agent they kind of figure well he wants a sale so we'll just go with it right they accept it which is probably their first mistake leads him um they say okay cool let's go look at a new house they lead him to this house and it's literally a carbon copy of the house next to it of the house next to it of the house next to it in a giant village of identical homes called yonder so beyond yonder or way on yonder 
all these houses, as far as you can see, are the same. Um, very plain. Um, no bushes or shrubs or anything like that. Just plain square house. So, yes, it's got some Pleasantville vibes kind of going right away. But at least in Pleasantville, all the homes kind of had different colors. Mm. <laughs> this is just not that. It's just identical. So they're like, all right, they walk in. And it's kind of sort of semi-furnished um, with, I guess, what someone would assume looking on the human species we would need to survive it's kind of a clue there um and they're like okay well you know we'll keep looking around as they look around the real estate agent um sort of disappears like he goes away they don't know where he is right they're like wait what's going on cool they try and find him and they can't find him they walk outside he's not anywhere in the backyard anything like that so they get in their car and they're literally driving around trying to find this gentleman and in some weird sort of time slip they just kind of end up at the same house again and again and again and again uh number nine Weird. i think it is yeah it's bizarre um so they were like oh well we have no other choice i guess we'll just sleep in the house like they just they just spend their or just they suspend their their disbelief in their like i think normal and warranted human skepticism <laughs> um and i guess the movie makes you think that as well or like you know accept that they yeah. do that um so eventually it's clear that, uh, you know, they can't find anybody and they don't have any neighbors. They can't figure a way out. They're stuck in this place. And so yeah. they they start to kind of go insane. Right. And you what do you do when you go insane? You try and escape. Mm -hmm. um, so they dig a hole. They try and um, drive through things. And it's it's a real place. There's no like weird, like um, invisible barriers or anything like in uh, WandaVision. Yeah. Um, but eventually they come to find the real estate agent again. Um, and, uh, he still acts the same. They, he's not giving him any way, any, any way to get out. Um, they try and escape. They almost escape and they get back to the same house. They're given like this weird, mysterious package, which is like <laughs> these weird ready-made meals. Like, you know, the army has these MREs. Yeah. It's like that. Um, again, it's these things that someone who's observing the human race would think we would need. Right. Bare minimum. Right. Mm, interesting. Um, and so they sort of eat that and, and survive on that. And then eventually they, it's just constantly trying to escape, right? Here's a cycle. They're trapped in trying to escape this yeah. place. Eventually they get another parcel and inside said parcel is a baby, you know, regular looking human baby. <laughs> and they're told if you want to escape, you must raise this child. Now this child has super um, aging, right? Like, it's super sure. he in within a few minutes or a few days rather he's like a 10 year old boy already Ooh. and he's very bizarre he acts very similar to the real estate agent in that he is almost void of emotion he mimics things and he um uh says weird things and he's just sort of sat in front of the tv which by the way doesn't show any tv shows it just shows static and somehow he can see something so in that way, is he, because I haven't seen this, is he like the, the guy that sold him the house? Well, okay, getting there. Okay. So, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, have you seen the mimic, by the way? Like the movie? You mean the one about the bugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So um, in this case, uh, the child is rapidly aging, and um, the couple realize in order to to get away from this they have to get rid of this baby and or this kid and he's aging too fast for them to control so they decide they're going to try and uh unalive him oh it doesn't work of no. course right and so um 
through the process of that, the male of the couple, he he's dying, right? He's something is happening to him where he's just um, going insane. He's digging a hole deeper and deeper down the earth, and he starts finding things that are kind of weird, like in for instance, Ziploc bags that are the size of the humans, and then there are humans inside those Ziploc bags. Um, and he eventually dies, and he uh, gets put into one of said bags and put into that ground, and then. All this is beyond their control, right? So then the woman, um, Gemma uh, is her name, and she <laughs> she finally is able to what she thinks is escape. But in reality, she's just in another um, sort of like area of void where they have cornered her then and they've cordoned her off in this area. She eventually dies. They put her into her Ziploc bag or whatever. They bury her on top of like all, those, all these other supposed humans. And then it kind of cuts the end to the baby who... Um, is a man now and he walks into the real estate agent's office the real estate agent is there he is clearly dying and he hands him a name tag and says you know it's your job now then he dies then the child wraps up this like guy puts him in a filing cabinet no joke and then the cycle just continues and then <laughs> you know it ends up with another couple coming to look at a new house and so Basically, through all this, these are bug people. Okay. And they um, mimic noises because there there are quite a few like animals in the animal kingdom who mimic noises, um, and and so they're basically just giving um, their young to be raised by humans, so they don't have to do it and just keep procreating. And it's just this long, long cycle of like, what's the the opposite of symbiosis? whatever it is you're just feeding mm. like it's probably a parasitic, parasitic. yeah parasitic so that that's the whole story so i mean yeah definitely spoilers but um i personally saw it as a blatant ripoff of mimic and i wasn't sure that it was supposed to because it turns out the director of this show lorcan um flanagan maybe his name is i know he did a movie very similar in 2011 called foxes mm. where this couple is in like this really elegant old house and they keep hearing like foxes shrieking in the night and like they're trapped in the house and it's bizarre so like he has he has a a, a back pocket to this stuff i guess he kind of knows mm. what he's talking about but yeah it was weird it was so bizarre because not only a bug people just gross but it was like <laughs> it felt hopeless and i was like all right that's obviously the point of it um if you want to stream it currently right now it's on amazon prime which is where i definitely Never want to see it again. Uh, Direct TV. You could rent it on the usual places, Apple TV, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. You could buy it for 10 bucks. Um, okay, to the scores. So IMDb gives it a 5.8. Not wonderful, right? Metacritic gives it a 64%. So I guess a little bit better. Now here's another really interesting Rotten Tomatoes case where it's flipped. They gave it a 72%, which to me hmm. is like, generous okay but audience gave it a 39 oh they're just like no this is a blatant ripoff so it's polarizing then it right. is definitely polarizing and i think a lot of the complaint comes from one it's ripoff mimic two it's just like you tried to combine that and pleasantville and at least with pleasantville there's like pleasantness to it <laughs> there's there's the uh, there's a facade of pleasantness that's not the case in here from the get-go you're just it's fear-based like what's going on here and i think a lot of it has to do with the idea that like you know people see things as being beautiful if they're symmetric <laughs> that's not always the case right this house was perfectly symmetric and it had it was equal on either sides it was equal you know square squared off everywhere and 
Yeah, it's bizarre. And I think the weirdest thing, too, was the fact that, like, inside the house, there was a bed and there was a chair. But in the kitchen, there wasn't, like, really a sink. There wasn't, like, a microwave. It was whatever these bug people thought humans needed to survive, Hmm. which is why they gave them MREs and not, like, food food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they put them in Ziploc bags. Like, it's just weird. So, basically, just a big roach motel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Except the the roaches are in charge of it and not just living there rent-free. Exactly. Once you check in, you never check out. Oh, Hotel California on steroids. But uh, yeah, that's my second choice. And it was definitely, I mean, creep. it wasn't as creepy as the baby, but it was creepy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be very difficult to be as creepy as the baby because that's just like. Yeah. I mean, the Facebook kid's in it, Jason Eisen- Jesse Eisenberg. So if yeah. you like him, give it a go. He's also, I think, polarizing to a lot of people. You either like him or you don't. Yeah. I, I don't. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jesse, if you're listening and there's no <laughs> chance of that happening, uh, that's. That's that's Manda's opinion. Yeah. The, right. Yep. 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 Okay. So you're no, that's definitely not the come truth. Come on our show. But I, <laughs> I have never seen. Um, I saw the Social Network and I was like, meh, 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 meh. This didn't help it. My opinion though, freaked me out. Anyways, that's my second choice. Very good. Thank I you. I like that. I did not. I would not have thought of that. I'm aware. I've not seen it, but I am aware of it. Right. But it is. Yeah. It definitely. Two fits, movies fits that you haven't criteria. seen. Yeah. That's the first time this has happened. Probably. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm slacking. <laughs> You feel trapped? I do. <laughs> Speaking of slacking, by the mm. way, something that, you know, something that is is kind of, you know, I think on, on both our minds right now is, you know, thinking about career, mm. right? Yeah. And that can also be a trap. Yeah. You know? Uh, and what we've got right now in America, you know, something that's been going on, you know, since the COVID uh, pandemic has been something that they call the great resignation. Yes. Where more and more people are leaving their jobs, Mm -hmm. uh, in hopes of finding something that is better suited to them and rejecting work from menial soul sucking, uh, you know, labor or things like retail and things Mm -hmm. like that, that just don't, that only offer you basic pay for literally no fulfillment. Yeah. And so that, you know, that there's there's a way of being trapped in there, too. Definitely. And then you feel trapped if you're, you know, if you're trying to find something that is worthwhile, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's its own feeling of being trapped because you're trying to get to something. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get to that job. You're trying to get to that career that For you want. For self-fulfillment, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of um, brings me to my second pick. So here's a question. Have you ever had a job interview where you felt just so uncomfortable that you felt like you just wanted to crawl right out of the building? Yes. In fact, I, it was for um, a big company named after a rainforest. And I literally stopped the interview and was like, you know what? No. Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> oh, no. no. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No. Um, but yeah, I have. And I walked out. And I felt like if I had stayed wouldn't have been good business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've been in the same boat. I've had, you know, awful interviewers for jobs in the past Yeah, who didn't know what the heck they, you know, were asking the stupidest <laughs> questions in the world, which brings me to a little, little game I'd like to play. Ooh. So I have uh, done some research and I have found a small list of the worst interview questions oh. for a job interview. Yeah. And so I'm going to ask you, is it like, where do you see yourself in five years? That's the first one. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, my God. How did I know? 
you know, so I say, like, hey, where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully not having this conversation. Yeah, hopefully not uh, this job. Yeah. Oh, the next one. This is a good one. What is your biggest weakness? Oh, God. I just every time I hear that, I say kryptonite. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, Legos. My biggest weakness. That's not for me to say. That's right. for other people to say, isn't it? Not for me. Uh, the next one, the next awful one is, why should I hire you? <laughs> like, I don't know, because I'm here. <laughs> what do you want me to say? What am sell, I supposed to say? Sell yourself. It's like, yeah, no. Um, uh, no. Another, another one. This is, I haven't heard this one before, but apparently it's a popular uh, interview question. What would your arch nemesis say about you? I mean, all bad things. Yeah, because they're my arch nemesis. <laughs> you know, cur curse you for foiling my plot. I don't know what. I don't think that the Joker is going to have these lovely soliloquies about Batman and all that. No, no. And finally, and this this one, uh, maybe you maybe you were asked this question by that rainforest because this is one of their questions. <laughs> uh huh. It's like, uh, how would you solve problems if you were from Mars? What does that even mean? Uh, so, okay, what? Yeah, I remember, what does that even mean? I think it's like think outside of the box, but in this case, the boxes are atmosphere. But it just why? Why? I'd be like, I'd be too busy trying to figure out how to breathe. Yeah. There's no atmosphere. Like, first of all, the lack of oxygen would make sure that I didn't solve anything other than my own death. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just plug in the Martian. You, you watch that. That's what I would do. <sighs> bizarre okay but that's that's, an, that's a hiring question from that company to me that's where people have they've gone bored and they have no idea how to actually talk to people yeah yeah it's so true i mean that's crazy. i wish i was kind of an interviewer who could like lead these people on like don't ask that question like just why yeah. what do you care about them in five years who can answer that or i would just be like i would just like change them slightly just to make them so weird yeah. like where do you see yourself in five minutes yeah. <laughs> How many windows are in New York City mm. but haven't been cleaned today? What is your biggest freakness? <laughs> what would your arch nemesis nephew say about your cooking? Be like, why should I hire you and why should I fire you? <laughs> but uh, anyway, we've yeah. all been there. We've we all been through the job application oh thing God. and all that. So basically it's putting yourself out there. It's like auditioning for someone who holds your fate in their hands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like the worst part of a first date. You know, you don't get to have dinner. You just get grilled. <laughs> but, um, bum. but anyway, that brings me to my second pick. Mm -hmm. My second pick is the 2009 British film Exam. Many highly qualified candidates have tried to reach this point and failed. You have succeeded. And now the final stage lies before you. If you try to communicate with myself or the guard, you will be disqualified. If you spoil your paper intentionally or accidentally, you will be disqualified. If you choose to leave this room for any reason, you will be disqualified. Begin. All right. So, yeah, that's kind of your premise oh. right there. What are they being disqualified from? So that is kind of what this mystery is. Oh, okay. So you've got eight people. 
They are gathered in a small room with just eight desks Ugh. and a single piece of paper, right? This is an employment assessment exam. Okay. Right? They're all here to hopefully get a job. But here's the thing. No, no one is entirely sure what the company is, what they're interviewing for, you know, or what they're going to be doing. So it's all this sort of mysterious kind of test. Now, every desk has a piece of paper. On that paper is the candidate's uh, number. We don't hear names, no names. Nobody knows each other's names. And there's absolutely nothing else on the paper. It's blank. And so they can't talk to the instructor. They can't, as, as, as you heard, spoil the paper. They can't, like, destroy it or tear it or ruin it in any way. Or they're disqualified. So this is the situation as it begins. What they discover is what they're told, the instructions they're given at the beginning, are literal. So there are certain things they can do. They, 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 just, they realize they can talk to each other. That's fine. Uh, they have 80 minutes to finish this exam that's blank in front of them. What a bizarre time frame. Yeah, it is. Very, yeah, it is. I know. So they start talking to each other and we get to kind of see there's there's, you know, for I don't know if it's necessarily for the purposes of the movie or the purposes of this mysterious corporation in the film, but they're all different sort of stereotypes or different archetypes. You know, you have the quiet one, you have the antagonistic one, you have the one that, you know, knows more than they let on, you know, that sort of thing. So they're all now trying to figure out what this exam is. What is this test? What are they there for? How can they accomplish what they're supposed to do when they don't know anything about the goal in mind? And of course, you know, when you have these people that are all there, they all want this job. They all want to figure out what's going on. They begin to kind of feed off each other and, you know, things kind of escalate a little bit. Does disqualified mean unalived? Well, we don't know. Oh, we don't. So they want a job they don't know anything about? Well, so as the movie goes on, one of them knows some things. Mm. So uh, she says that uh, this is, you know, for an incredibly powerful corporation. And we find out that this corporation is a pharmaceutical company. Of course. And in the timeline of this movie, this is 2009, mind you, 10 years before COVID. Right. This pharmaceutical company has come up with a cure for a global pandemic. Oh, creepy. And uh, up until this point, this company has made medications to manage or extend the lifespan of people who have this. But now they have a cure. That's the rumor. They have a cure for it. And they're going to roll it out and they need someone who can make quote unquote, tough decisions as to who gets it. Oh. And so basically they're pitting these eight people against each other in some kind of psychological test to see who comes out on top. And it gets way out of hand. It's, you know, it, it starts, things get heated, things get violent. Uh, and it has... You know, it, it, it does kind of uh, peter out a little bit at the end. Um, 
because you can kind of see it, see where it's going by about halfway through. You're like, okay, I think I know where this is headed. Um, but it's a, a great concept. It really is. Uh, it's not flashy. The film was made for a budget of only six hundred thousand oh, dollars. So wow. it's a it's an independent little movie. It takes place just in that one, you know, pretty much in that one room with the with the desks and the lighting is very dark and moody and all that. And they're being watched. You can see cameras. Um, but they have to follow the rules. They cannot break the rules or, you know, something. They will be disqualified. Like I said, we don't really know right. what that means. But then they just start going at each other, you know, psychologically, physically, and all that. And, you know, it, it like I said, I don't want to spoil anything because I, I recommend you watch it. But it's, um, you know, it gets all Reservoir Dogs at the end, kind of. Tough decision in terms of who gets this medication to end a global pandemic, meaning like who's more beneficial in terms of humans? Yeah, kind of like that, because, you know, the, the, this company wants somebody that can, you know, really be wow. impartial and unemotional and just pragmatic about the whole thing and wow. not be not have too much empathy that's kind of hilarious. Yeah. They have to be inhuman to save humans. Yeah, basically, basically. So they don't want anybody with anger issues, but they don't want anybody who has too much empathy. Right. So they're trying to find a candidate that can sort of be pragmatic without bringing either too much or you know, too much emotion or not enough emotion into the picture. Right. So they're looking for a candidate who fits that bill and they figure this is the best way to do it. How bizarre. It is bizarre, but it's fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating to watch. It reminds it reminded me a little bit of um, of a movie I believe we've talked about on this show called Cube, yeah. which is you know a group of people in like a series of cubes that are all death traps, right, right, and they have no idea why they're there, what they're doing, but they have to try to work together or not to try to escape these cubes. Yeah, but this is a much smaller movie, uh, you know, and it's got really good dialogue. The performances are good. Uh, there's no real name stars in it because it's such a small production. Yeah. But it's it's got and it also does have kind of a very British sensibility to it. Sure. Yeah. You know, because it is it was made, you know, by by Brits. Yeah. Um, But it's really, you know, I, I got to say it's a fascinating movie um, and it's fun to watch. It's not long, but I, you know, I would recommend kind of especially if if and if you're a fan of. Um, there is, I believe, I believe it's on Hulu, um, a show, or no, it's on Apple TV, Severance. Okay, yeah. That's supposedly, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but it's got kind of similar themes. So okay. if, if you're into that, this might be a good movie to watch as well. So Exam. Um, it does get a respectable 6.8 out of 10 okay. on the Internet Movie Database, yeah. which is good. Yeah. It's pretty good for a movie that's not very, I don't think is very well known because I, you know, until I started looking into it. Right. Um. I hadn't heard of it, uh, but you can get it uh, to rent on Prime Video and Google Play for only $2.99. So if, if you're looking for something a little different, um, a kind of a, a little more of a claustrophobic, dialogue-driven yeah. uh, film. So, you know, and it, it is, it's, it's kind of funny because it's sort of an escape room before an escape, before escape rooms became right. popular. It sounds like it perfectly matches the human psyche where ambiguity turns very quickly into like hysteria. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's it's an interesting thing about, you know, it's it's one of those, oh, here's human nature again, you know. 
we suck. <laughs> yeah, we suck. And we know that if we put you in a situation, you're you're going to fulfill that. You know, you're going to suck. And we know you're going to do that because that's who you are. Does anybody get the job? Yes. So there is a real job then? Yeah. Okay. All right. There is a real job, but essentially it's the last person standing. Of course it is. Who gets it. So, All and right. that's kind I'm of I'm going to have point. to watch this. Yeah. I'm it's kind of the this. whole point. Yeah. You know, who can survive? Right. So it's, it's like Battle Royale and Squid Game put together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it has the, and it has also the kind of thing about kind of being in real time because yeah. it's 80 minutes yeah. of, you know, uh, that they have. <laughs> so, but it, yeah, bizarre. Maybe that's all that the production team could actually afford was 80 minutes. May, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but you know, uh, who knows? I mean, it was probably, you know, I don't know too much. I don't know anything really about the production of it, but you know, uh, $600,000 is pretty Cheap. That's not a lot, yeah. That's not. I mean, today, you know, twenty twenty two, you could basically use your iPhone, and right, right, shoot right, that right. kind of a movie, you know, fairly easily as yeah. long as you know what you're doing. But well, yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to watch that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed it. That was pretty good. Um. All right. Do you have Drum any roll. honorable mentions? Yes. Yes, I do. Or dishonorable mentions. Or dishonorable, we yeah. We don't, you know. The, okay, this is a bit of a stretch, right? Hear me out. Okay. Jurassic Park. Trapped on an island? Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. And Dr. Allen trapped in his own childish wish for dinosaurs to be alive. Okay, all right. Bit of a stretch. Yeah, a bit Fair of a stretch, but, but, you know, but of course that does kind of, you know, uh, jibe with one of mine, which was Castaway. Oh, I had that as well. Because he's trapped on, on an, an island, island <laughs> you know, which is not the worst place to be trapped, no. I guess. Because um, there's trees and, you know. Jordan Peele's Get Out. Oh. Yes. Also sort of more on the line of our sort of psychological trapped yes. thing. But yes, I mean, yes. if you haven't seen that movie, you are missing out. It is a fantastic, is really freaky, yeah. but very well-made movie. And I'm looking forward to Peele's next, uh, which is Nope. Yeah. Looks really interesting. Yeah. He's like, he's, I always loved watching Key and Peele, but I mean, wow. But this is a director, whole other level. Yeah. He is, you know? he's just, he's fantastic. Yeah. So um, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then I thought, you know, like Panic Room, you know, if you're looking for a movie. Yeah, that's like I had that one. Panic Room. <laughs> it's classic. Yeah. Classic Trapped. Those are mine. All right. So I got a couple here. Um, oh, so Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. yeah kind of. Yeah. Maybe. Kind of. Yeah. Mm. Um, Devil. From 2010, okay. which is a bunch of people trapped in an elevator with Satan. Oh, nice. Where one of the people in the elevator is literally the devil. Okay. And so, and and somebody is manipulating these people against each other while they're stuck in an elevator. wonder who it could be. Satan? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of dug that. That was pretty interesting. Um, there's another one that you might not think of immediately as a trap movie, The Shining. Oh, stuck in a hotel. Trapped in that hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And speaking of Stephen King, another trapped movie, Cujo. Oh. Ooh, 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 where they're ooh, trapped ooh, ooh. in the car. Ooh, 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 ooh. Bad memories. And the rabid dog. <laughs> they're stuck in that car. They can't get out. They're they're sweating to death, literally. Yeah. And they can't get out. Yeah. So that one is very ugh, claustrophobic in its own way. Yeah. I, I there's I gotta, I gotta figure it out. But there was definitely a movie that recently came out, or not even recently, but about these two sisters who go swimming in a pool, and then like one of them has diabetes, and they get trapped under the pool tarp, and nobody can like, Ugh. yeah, like save them, and it's this whole weird thing. Wow. Okay. But what, what was scary. that movie with Michael Douglas? It was a psycho thriller with Michael Douglas. The game. 
Maybe it was the game. Yeah. Where basically he's buried alive. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. It was the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so, uh, David Fincher from Seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was an in, you know that movie had me until the end. The end where it broke all of it. Yes. It had me because you know the end without spoiling. You know there's a. There's an airbag involved and all that. I'm like, how did they know he was yeah. going to jump off that specific place? Right. To get I to hate, that honestly, I hate that feeling because at the end, you're just like, well, why did I waste that 90 minutes? Yeah. Like you brought me along and I'm with you. And yeah. then just to cut it off at the end. Because otherwise it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but you know, neither here nor there. No. <laughs> this is why these are dishonorable or honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, one man- movie I mentioned earlier, Cube. Yeah, Cube for sure. That's a good one. And finally, we're going back into that Stephen King well again. Oh, Misery. 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 With James Caan, yes. Kathy Bates. Yep. Such that a is good a film. Classic trap Such movie. A, ooh, ankles. Oh, that's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's called Hobbling. Oh God, James Caan is so good in that movie. Kathy oh. Bates is amazing. Oh in that yeah, movie. I think she got the Oscar for that. Did she? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're talking like way before Coven. Like, oh, Kathy Bates is amazing. Yeah. She she Tawanda'd herself. Mm-hmm. And that movie made her career. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. well known before that. No, and then she did Fried Green Tomatoes, and it was like, yeah. who? I know. But yeah, Misery I know. is such a good pick. Oh. I know. I, oh, damn, I didn't wish, I wish I had thought of that one. Good one. Yeah, I mean, but it's all like, it's, you know, I'm, I'm getting a theme here. Cujo, The Shining, yeah. <laughs> Misery. Stephen King likes movies where people are trapped. I mean, he's also trapped I mean, the himself. Mist, the Mist. They're trapped in a supermarket. It. The kids are trapped underneath yeah. the ground. So, yeah. yeah. So, Stephen, if you're listening, what's going on, man? Where yeah. are you? Do you need help? Yeah. Call us. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Please be on Please our podcast. <laughs> you, you don't live too far away. He know? doesn't. Yeah. We want to hear about it. He's a maniac. So. But, yeah, I think that was uh, that was some good picks. Really yeah. good picks. Uh, you know. Yeah. I think uh, if you are in any way interested, there are some very disparate, interesting films we talked about. That you know may you know, may get your attention. Yeah, my first two or my fifth picks were the owners, a twenty twenty film starring Maisie Williams and Sylvester McCoy, and then I ended up with Vivarium, uh, which stars Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. Very good, very good. I picked the insane nineteen seventy three <laughs> exploitation film, The Baby. The Baby. Yes, which of course is a about a literal man baby who is raised. <laughs> You know, and never, never allowed to grow up, you know, mentally, at least. They definitely put baby in the corner. They put baby in the corner and kept him there. <laughs> and that one has probably one of the craziest endings I've ever seen uh, in a movie as well. So, you know, I'm not going to spoil that one, but yeah. And my second pick was 2009's British film Exam, Exam. where a group of candidates for a job are basically stuck in a room together and given very little instructions on what they need to do to get the job. And (laughs) they get the job. (laughs) Someone gets the job. Someone gets the job. Exactly. So there you go. Good picks. Good episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, falling off a bike. (laughs) You never forget. Special shout out to the Netherlands and uh, Korea. One of the, I would say South Korea. I would say South South Korea. Korea. (laughs) I don't think uh, Kim Jong-un listens to this. No, I mean, if he does, we don't want to know. Just No, no. I mean, yeah, okay. It's cool. Like, you could buy our merch, but like, you don't have to really tell us about it. No, you don't. (laughs) We actually do have merch. I don't know if anybody was aware of that. We do. Um, We also have a website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. 
Com, where you will see a link to our merch stand, virtual merch stand, of course, where we mm-hmm. have lots of cool designs. And sometimes we come up with like seasonal ones. Like our Halloween one was really cool. Yes. I still wear that all mm-hmm. the time. Um, we also have all of our old episodes. So if you decide that, you know, you just can't get enough of us and I mean, I mean, I, I would understand. It's an affliction yeah. at this point. Go ahead and listen to our older episodes. You can find all of our uh, series there. We also do like Halloween Horror Months, which mm-hmm. are really fun, yep. where every week you get something special from us. And, and believe me, it's special. Oh, it's special. Um, you'll also find, uh, you know, links to our socials. Um, we're pretty active on Instagram. You can email us. We always love hearing from people. So whether you want to chat us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, mm-hmm. you can also email us too. Yep. The Deep Dive Podcast at the old Gmail dot com that's it and you want to hear something on the podcast you got suggestions you want to sort of make a, a dedication to your to your lover i guess Ooh, i don't know i mean you could pay we might take we, we might take payments for those yeah either way visit our website the deep dive podcast.com one new thing if you uh check out our uh instagram mm. right uh there is a link tree link yeah. that will also take you to all of our uh, all of our sites, yep. all of our social media. So check out that. And of course, my OnlyFans page, uh, which <laughs> is still a work in progress. Yeah. You're still sp- trying to. You specialize in the cotillion fan, right? Yeah. You know, um, I do, you know, uh, I do like a certain kind of cosplay. I, I'm not going to go into details here because this is a family show. But, you know, I mean, you yeah. might want to check that out. Yeah, if Don't. Yeah. yeah, probably. No, but where 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 did we go? Linktree is amazing because it does it, it makes it all so much easier for you to see. Um, but you know what? We really love love hearing from you, but we also love um, ratings. And the more ratings we get, uh, the more audience we can reach. So if you want to go ahead and give us that five old star on yeah. the Apple Podcast, yeah. we would so appreciate it. We appreciate you anyways just for listening through all. We do. This. <laughs> We've made it this far. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's on you. <laughs> It's your fault, mm-hmm. but we appreciate you for we it. We do. Of course we do. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us for this podcast because it's so nice to have the band back together. Oh, yeah. So this is good. So uh, for the magnificent Mandalorian and myself, Tom Feeney, don't forget to tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell the Easter Bunny. Tell your pets. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. All clips used on the Deep Dive Podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios. Hey, what's the matter with you? I'm practicing for when we run out of air. What do you think you're in the movies? Oh! We're trapped like rats. Speak for yourself. Oh, a microscope. I can see! I can see! What? What do you see? Water! Why?